You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to Shot of History. I'm Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. Tee <laughs> And I'm Dave. And it's just the three of us. Woo. Whoop, whoop. I know. This, you know, this is almost like, I feel like we've had to do this uh, a couple of times where it was probably just the three of us when we were looking yeah. for other hosts. Yeah. I think it was the three of us for a while. So it's like, we're going old school. Like yeah. an old fool old who's so cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I figure if, if tag team can do stupid Geico commercials, I, I can reference them here and nobody should care. You, so. you do what you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today, Dave is going to be the historian. He's going to start the history of drinking in the United States and will be, yeah. will be a to be continued because there's a lot and we were only doing one episode of it today. Because so. we like to drink here in America. We and we really, always have. We really do. And <laughs> speaking of drinking, <laughs> guess what time it is? <laughs> everyone. Uh, all right. Ooh. So obviously, when uh, so when we're talking about drinking in the Americas, there, there's a certain uh, like delineation you have to make there. Uh, so we're going to talk about like when the explorers first came here uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, so like the the first thing that jumped out at me that I thought was hysterical uh, that when you look at when the Puritans came over to America on the Mayflower, uh, yeah. So their priorities were in line with ours. So they brought 14 tons of water. On the ship, would you like to guess how much beer and wine they brought with them? More than fourteen tons. Yeah, so fourteen tons of water. However, they brought forty-two tons of beer <laughs> and ten thousand gallons of wine. Ah, uh, those are my people. <laughs> nice. Uh, in the uh, in the early days um, of of insurance, there was actually an insurance company that increased. Its premiums by ten percent for anyone who abstained from drinking, uh, be, because it viewed them as people that were not in line uh, with understanding that it was the water of life, and so they were more likely to die early uh, than they were any than they were than they were people that were drinking. <laughs> Which okay. we all know is not true because alcohol is not great for your body, yeah. especially not if you drink it literally all the time like people did back in the day. They well, were, yeah. They drank every day. It was super normal to just constantly be drinking beer or wine. A lot of times it had to do with the uh, the water. The purity of the water, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have fresh water, so it was safer to drink liquor or beer or mead than it was to drink their own water. Right. <laughs> and, and and then the other the other one, because again, you know, going against, you know, modern day, what, what we accept as uh, commonly accepted practices today, um, there was, uh, the, in the early days, they always, the breweries would brew a special high proof, what they called groaning ale uh, that were, that was brewed specifically for women while they were in labor. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, at that point, yeah, I mean, I guess the baby's dropping, so there's less uh, less harm. <laughs> well, yeah, by the time that that alcohol gets into the system, the baby's probably already born, so it's not right. going to affect it, you know. So that's actually kind of smart because they didn't have like the kind of drugs we have now yeah. to give people while they're in childbirth, and that 
That is a hot mess of crap. <laughs> it absolutely, it, it very saying. much is. Yeah. Um, so, and and another little a little interesting tidbit that I found is that basically until the Europeans got here, uh, Native Americans, the folks that were here, um, they weren't making alcohol. Like so, you know, you hear about all the high rates of alcoholism among among Native Americans now. Um, until we got here, like they were happy with, uh, you know, the opiates. They were happy with peyote. They were happy with, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, they hadn't really discovered alcohol as a thing uh, that just, yeah, it, it was just terrible. Uh, so yeah, they, they they have us to thank for that. Uh, c- we always talk about how Native Americans Native Americans and their fire water and that like. Just yeah, no, we we did that too. Though it wasn't like a normal. Yeah, thing. no, that was that was us. We, we we did that. Of course, along with all the other things that we that the American people have done. <laughs> well, right, America. you know, there's there's yeah. the smallpox blankets and everything else, yeah. but we also yeah. brought alcohol along with it. Yeah, so that was that was a good thing. Um, in the early colonial days, um, habitual alcohol abusers uh, were whipped or forced to wear a mark of shame. Uh, and, and so once they were so labeled, that was the only time that anyone could be refused the right to purchase liquor. There weren't really like age limits. There weren't really like any of that stuff. Um, but if you like, you know, made a real ass out of yourself when you were drinking, apparently you could get, you know, thrown into the stocks and that kind of thing, which again is kind of weird given the fact that that was pretty normal uh, because they didn't have water and that's all they were drinking was alcohol. Yeah, I mean, how bad of an ass do you have to make of yourself in the 1600s? Like, right. <laughs> like, dude, like, uh, okay, you know, dude, I, I don't know what this is that you're trying to invent, but karaoke is not a thing. Like, just make make it stop. <laughs> stop just standing up and singing in the middle of the tavern. Nobody, nobody wants to hear you. Uh, so some key dates uh, you have in 1609, uh, the governor and council of Virginia uh, in, decided that they wanted uh, two breweries to open up in the state, uh, specifically to, in an effort to reduce the death rate of the colonials. Because, again, water of life, alcohol makes you healthy, um, and, and that's their story, and they're sticking to it. Uh, it, but, however, <laughs> so that was 1609. In 1619, the colony of Virginia, so 10 years later, enacts a law against playing dice, cards, idleness, drunkenness, and excess in apparel, um, and requires that drunkers be reproved by their ministers. So, so like, it took 10 years for them to realize, oh, wait, maybe encouraging everyone to drink, not the best idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody handles their alcohol well. So maybe don't encourage everybody to drink. Just, yeah. You know, just the thought. <laughs> uh, so then in, in 1620, those pilgrims uh, that were all loaded up with the, their 42 tons of beer, uh, they land at what is now Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, they landed primarily <laughs> rather than continuing sailing because they were running out of supplies, especially alcohol. So the reason <laughs> why they landed on Plymouth Rock was because they were out of booze. And so like the, basically the, the guys that were piloting the ships, the captain of the ships, basically said, no, no, in order for us to make the return voyage back and to have enough alcohol for us to make the return voyage back, y'all are getting out here. Get off the goddamn boat! Right, I just, I, I think that's, I, that's a beautiful part of history that I, don't, that I'm, I'm mad that we, that we never get heard of before. Uh, so the first uh, vineyard uh, is, is started in New Hampshire of all places, um, and having grown up there, I'm kind of surprised I didn't know this. In 1623, uh, and, and it wasn't really sure that it was going to be a thing, uh, but, but 
that's where the, the first vineyard in the U.S. was started. Also that same year, uh, the Virginia, Virginia Colonial Assembly. So again, Virginia, early on adopters of the alcohol and breweries, but then rapidly realized their mistakes. Uh, they decided they passed a ruling that ministers shall not give themselves to excess in drinking or rioting or spending their time idly day or night. So ministers are supposed to keep themselves busy, but don't drink. Like, which kind of, now I'm questioning what the hell ministers in early 1600s Virginia were doing with their time. Right. Um, you know, there's a the big difference in, in how clergy has acted in certain periods uh, and certain places over the years. So yeah, that'd be kind of interesting to see why they had to make a rule about this. Again, want to know what the precedents were and how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then interestingly enough, uh, you know, we all know about prohibition when it happened. You know, in, in the you know in the early 1900s, and that was a thing. Uh, but the first attempt in 1630, uh, Governor John Winthrop of Massachusetts attempted to ban all alcoholic beverages in Boston. Now, in Boston, having grown up in New Hampshire <laughs> and spent a lot of time in Boston, yeah. Kids, that didn't go well. Has he been to Boston? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that, yeah, not not, not a good thing. Uh, So then in 1633, I just thought it was interesting, um, Plymouth prohibits the sale of of spirits more than two pence worth to anyone but strangers just arrived. So the like the the you're you're not supposed to apparently you're not supposed to give a lot of alcohol or you know you're not supposed to sell alcohol to the people in the town. Um right. it, but when they but if it's it's somebody new that just shows up, load them up. Like let them let them let them buy whatever they want, let them get as hammered as they want. But yeah. Well, and they and that's probably they're assuming that they're a traveler. And that so they can sell as much as they want and make their money and not have to deal with the outcome. True. I, yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Or trying to trick them to stay there long term. And then they're like, hey, this wasn't <laughs> what I was promised. Right. I was I could I could buy eight pints of ale last week. And yet this week I can only buy two. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's a trap. Um, so, uh, in, 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 we've all heard about the Scarlet Letter, um, also happening in 1633. Robert Cole, um, has, had, having been frequently punished for drunkenness over the course of the prior years, uh, was ordered to wear a giant red D hung from his neck for a year. Apparently just so everybody knew he was a, a dick or drunk. Uh, or a drunk dick. <laughs> a drunk dick. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to be a, a drunk dick to have to... For them to have to give you that. Right, for a scarlet letter. Like, who... Yeah, like, yeah. Can you imagine, like, if anybody had to, like... (laughs) Imagine if we all had to wear warning labels. No, like that would that that would just be terrible. Um, so in uh, 1637, we have uh, Massachusetts as a colony uh, passes a law that mandates that the price of beer cannot be more than a penny per quart. Sweet. Like that's a lot. I mean, granted, I need inflation and all that stuff, but I mean, a, a penny for a quart of beer. I'm I'm good, uh, but they also while as they pass the law that says it can't you know can't be more than a penny a quart, they also pass a law that said no person shall remain in any tavern longer than for the necessary occasion. 
That's a law that seems like it has an enormous loophole built right into it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes the occasion is just going to the tavern. Exactly. And, and so if... like, I'm just this is my plan for the whole night. This is my occasion. This yeah. this is the occasion. It it is yeah. what it is. The occasion is I'm about to get shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, in 1639, uh, Harvard University, uh, we're all you know at least familiar with the name and, and the university that still exists to this day, uh, the president of the college lost his job for failing to supply students with an adequate supply of beer. Well, then now now teachers can't or now people can't give students beer. Right. But back in the day, if you didn't give them enough beer, that got you fired. Yeah, uh, apparently that yeah. was yeah, that was a thing, uh, which and then in uh, <laughs> simpler times, exactly. Uh, you know when when teachers could get drunk with their students, who knew? Yeah. Um, sixteen forty eight, uh, a good beer date. Uh, so they start cultivating hops in Virginia, uh, which is actually where a lot of the national hop supply is even to this day. That's a thing. Um, 1649, also back to Massachusetts, uh, they seem to be very concerned. Uh, they want to make sure that every uh, every victualler, ordinary keeper, taverner, and innkeeper shall always be provided with good and wholesome beer for the entertainment of strangers who, for want thereof, are necessitated to much needless expense in wine. Moral of the story, you check into a hotel, you get free booze. Love it. If only wow. that were the case now. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't want you spending your money on booze. They wanted, it, I, I, th- I thought that was fascinating. That if you check into a hotel, you get free alcohol. Life was good. Um, I know exactly. Yeah, why? Why? Of all the dumb shit that's carried forward into today's society, why couldn't that have been one of the things that goes? I know. Right. I'm mad. Um, in 1672, again, still with the state of Massachusetts, uh, they pass a law prohibiting the payment of wages in the form of alcohol. This resulted in a general labor strike. <laughs> Do these people not know that they can like just take the money and buy booze? I mean, I, may, I maybe the exchange rate was better. Maybe maybe you got more alcohol while you were working. Um, yeah, wow. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I just, I, I didn't. You can pay people in booze. Who knew? Uh, in 1673, you have a Puritan minister uh, who praises alcohol. Uh, who says that drink is in and of itself a creature of God and to be received with thankfulness. Uh, and again, hammers home the water of life message. And if you're not drinking, you're basically just a creature of Satan. So drink or you're trash. Drink too much. You get a red D on you and we put you in, you know. Yeah, in stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to Apparently there's a very fine line you have to walk with your alcohol consumption. See, yeah, I, I would have I would have been in the stocks a lot, I think, because like I don't I don't walk that line very well. Uh, usually it's because by the time I'm past that line, it's like it happens so fast. It's too late. That, that it literally comes from nowhere. Like I'm fine. Right. I'm like, whoa, I'm really drunk. Fuck. <laughs> like I would have spent my whole time. Everything is fine and I'm enjoy I'm enjoying my necessary occasion in the tavern. Yeah. And then things went a step too far. And then that last drink just threw me from, like, zero to 60. Like, what? And then they gave me that groaning ale stuff. And, God, who knew that was going to be that strong? (laughs) 
Um, and then in 1675, uh, we have Massachusetts establishes the office of the tithing man, uh, who is basically his ent- the, that uh, that job. The entire essence of being was to report alcohol violations in homes. So not just the alcohol violations, because now we're starting to see the the dark side of, of puritanical or puritanism uh, come into play. And now they want to start making sure you're not drinking too much at home as well as not uh, drinking too much out, you know, out and about. Uh, in 1680, uh, we have William Penn, obviously, who uh, goes on to found uh, Pennsylvania uh, as a state or as a colony, uh, opens his first uh, commercial brewery in what is now Philadelphia. And then in 16... 16- and then Philadelphia happened. And then Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Philadelphia, Boston, Ireland. Yeah, we had. Uh, yeah. And then in 1693, uh, you have uh, a minister, uh, again, in Massachusetts, uh, who starts blaming the growing lack of religion in general society on alcohol. They So, but no... Because they definitely believe in like spirits, maybe not the Holy Spirit. But right. they believe in <laughs> yeah, that was corny. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're at about the 18 minute mark. I could hop into the 1700s, or do you want to break it there and we'll carry on next time? Why don't we break it there? I think that's a yeah. good place. Yeah. Okay. It's a good solid break. So there's uh, drinking up through uh, the 1600s uh, in, 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 the, in what is now the United States. <laughs> so much information and now it's time to pop out the plugs uh yeah so uh podcast detroit all the things uh obviously we are still running shows remotely i mean we're all about the three of us are sitting in all of our respective homes uh doing things nice and safe however we do also have our studios open uh so yeah check us out start something up have some fun uh source point press Deepwater games and three art oxide media all that fun shit that i'm in and associated with and uh you know check out some podcasts on podcast detroit because we love all of our podcast brethren and as always most of them them. (laughs) uh okay let's see this week uh check out cafe macabre 2 it should still be on kickstarter at this point or actually should be coming up on yeah yeah I, you know, I'm losing track of time. You know, I started a, a, a full-time job, and now I'm just confused about life. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cafe Macabre 2, uh, a collection of uh, short horror stories written by women and illustrated by women, comes to Kickstarter April 7th. Uh, check it out. I have a story in there. I'm really, really proud of it. And uh, that's all I got this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on Shot of History. And until next time, I'm Stephanie. I'm the Color Man Big Dev. And I'm Dave. And we out.